0: hello everyone we are back this is the then and podcast uh we're doing another one of our point of interest uh discussions as far as the makeups of film or just anything else we're interested in like mm-hmm. the first one we focused on uh dialogue within film uh this one we're going to be getting into the unsuccessful ending of trilogies and why a lot of trilogies that we've seen throughout film history have just we feel like haven't stuck the landing yeah um
1: yeah it's yeah. a it's a weird phenomenon or epidemic, it seems like, I mean, mm-hmm. everything from, I mean, I mean and we don't mean to offend anyone with uh, the movies we talk about here. We're, we're, this is it's obviously opinion-based, and we are speaking in generalities for some of these things. But like, mm-hmm. say, for example, I don't know, J.J. Abrams with Star Wars Episode Nine.
0: Oh, God. I knew you were uh, Star Wars. Uh,
1: and I, I didn't mean to go there right away, but I had to.
0: We the, just had a really great Star Wars discussion a day ago, and you go back to do this to me.
1: Not barely 24 hours ago. But but the the thing about it is is that it's like why that that particular dismount hurts so much is because it's so over the it's like so evident that there was no planning at all in advance for that kind of a of, a, of that film. It almost right. seems I went back and watched the Last Jedi not too long ago, and it almost seems in a lot of ways like that should have been <laughs> the ending of the trilogy right there. Like there's mm-hmm. it's kind of a pretty definitive things you could have done ending right there in another sense. So it's it is bizarre. And I think that may be why trilogies or, you know, the the final film in a series oftentimes goes awry. is because they don't plan all three stories properly.
0: Yeah. that The the J.J. Abrams Star Wars in particular, I think was a very special case um, in regards to the fact that they had to deal with just the toxic fan reception of a lot of certain plot points and instead of standing fast on their decisions for plot standings they decided to rewrite and like backtrack on each movie going forward Mm -hmm. uh biggest thing being like ray not having a special bloodline or some divine fate that she was destined to do uh it was supposed to be just she was a regular person that just happened to be very strong and happened to be the one that was the main character of the story then obviously the next movie on they decided to make her literally a descendant of one of the strongest people to ever exist in Star Wars history being Palpatine
1: but not, um, to, not to make her an ascendant of that they had to <laughs> resurrect him from mm-hmm. the grave and say it's like where have you been the movie opens with the dead speakers something like that it's like it pretty much like they're saying and he's back don't worry about actual having a, a reason or rational behind it he's just back Get over it. Here we are. It's like well, right. now you're treating us like we're dumb. You also mentioned the idea of having to try to walk back or doing some fan service or whatever nonsense it was. There was also the idea too that you know Finn and um, and Poe may have actually been uh, in a relationship, or they may have actually wanted to be in a relationship together. And there are lots of fans that wanted that, and obviously they they were worried about the ultra conservatives and people that wouldn't be in favor of an openly gay relationship in any capacity. So they made them. Out of nowhere, they made them both. They gave them both love interest, either one in the past for Poe or one that was mm-hmm. aspiring for for Finn. And it's kind of this seems unnecessary. What are we doing here? And they also well, made Ray and in in, in uh, what's his face, uh, Kylo, Kylo coming together. It's like this is what are you doing? Stop this.
0: Even weirder with that. Well, the the Finn thing in Poe, I, I saw some people saying that. I more so got the vibe that Finn and Ray were supposed to be a thing. Um, And I think we've talked about it in the show before To where I saw that even more so in the last movie In which they did this weird thing In which they were sinking into the sandpit And he said, hey, I had to tell you something Before we die Mm Mm-hmm I'm yeah. thinking in my head, oh, it's, I love you. That's got to be the thing because you're about to die. What else would you have to tell her in the last moments of you both <laughs> being like, I uh um, And yeah. then they just like disregard that ever happening in the, going forward in the movie. like it never yeah, There's happened.
1: no payoff. There's no payoff for that at all. Yeah.
0: That it's, one it's... I feel like was kind of race related with him because even I think the Chinese posters, they had him like completely taken off or like completely shrunken, um, like versus what they had in America oh, or Jesus, other. Uh, yeah, they were just really bad to him, like to the point where he said he never wanted to come back.
1: Well, Which yeah, is no, extremely I, well, sad to me. Well, it's also the same as with uh, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, Chan, the one who was uh, Rose. Yeah, films like she, she got all she got all the amount of death threats and stuff she had to deal with. And again, this is a fictional movie world where we're dealing. I know we're talking about. I was trying to talk about the trilogies and how these, yeah. but but the, but all all this is just to say that like your opening point, Dev, that the biggest problem was the that Disney or the powers that be behind the Star Wars films were so reactionary to all the feedback as opposed to having a a plan in place and actually sticking mm. to it. And I get that that uh, Carrie Fisher passed, which was a huge, something they had to deal with. That's a problem. I get that. But they probably, they should have had somewhat of a, you know, kind of a story in place for these things. It's as opposed to, say what you want about the prequels, it's clear that Lucas knew what he was doing for all three of them. He had one story in line and kept to it these, it felt like it was three different cooks in one kitchen and they were making three different meals and then they try to serve them. It's like, what is the what is this cuisine? What am I eating? Um, so...
0: Right. And to, to, to bring things full circle In regards to sequels I know we've been on the topic Of Star Wars for a minute and Yeah we have We apologize. I personally will have a tendency To get on Star Wars For a long period of time Yeah But to bring that full circle I think a lot of the issues When you said uh, Going back to what you said In regards to People not having plans I feel like With a lot of trilogies I don't think they start As trilogies I think the first movie Was really well done And it usually makes A lot of money And then studios Are like Well we need more Than one of these So at that point The writers have to Shuck and jive To try to Craft together <laughs> two more movies in a trilogy to finish that up. Um, prime example yeah. to me being the Nolan Batman movies. I, I doubt that Nolan knew he was doing three of those. No, he did. Or did he? He, did, didn't. he didn't. Okay, he did not.
1: No, he he planned for Batman Begins, and then they then they said, "Hey, we want more. We want like, two more of these." And he pretty much was like, "Okay, well, it's gonna be one for you, one for me. So I will do these, but I want to have my Inception, inception movie made mm-hmm. between them." And then also he planned to have Heath Ledger in the third film as the Joker. And then he, that, that went, obviously, he's, as when once he passed, that changed things right. too. So it kind of was, it, like you said, it wasn't originally planned. Then they did say, we want two more. And he kind of had a plan in place. And then that plan got shattered because of uh, Heath's passing.
0: So. Mm. And those movies, to me, are the perfect example of the, the formula that a lot of these trilogies go under. It's the first movie, which is usually the origin establishing movie that... Um, takes the main character the protagonist or the world or whatever you're trying to establish. And usually those aren't always the best ones. Usually those are the decent ones that are setting up everything um, and establishing these characters. And then the second movies are when they usually go into uh, either the characters progression in regards to a new character being introduced, whether it be a villain or otherwise. And those are usually the ones that shine the brightest and that validate uh, the sequel or the, the the desire for a sequel that right. being the Heath Ledger Joker, um that being Spider-Man 2, things like that, mm-hmm. to where those just do extremely well. And then from there it's like, well, we can't not do another one now. We've seen how successful the second one was and how much better it got. We have to do a third one. Right. Um and that third one, it's once you hit that peak, it's extremely hard to to land land to stick landings.
1: It's it's bizarre how that continues to happen. Like you're right, it's pretty much like it peaks in the middle. Like the mm-hmm. first one is, is good, second one is great third one is mediocre or, or bad uh, and there's so many choices off the top of my head i can mention that I can rattle off with me like back to the future in my opinion the first one's the best but the second one is you know washable enough but the third one is, it's it's like it kind of feels like i said it doesn't know exactly know what it wanted to be and i know for a fact they didn't plan for a trilogy either they planned just for mm-hmm. one movie um same thing with like uh, Men in Black. Well, well Men in Black. I mean, the second one's kind of rough too. They definitely, but they saying, yeah, they didn't plan for a trilogy there either. Mm-hmm. And so the second two films are kind of both second two films are kind of second and, and third are kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrek. Shrek one is great. Yeah. But, or but Shrek two is Shrek two is the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then Shrek three is like, what are we doing here? And I know they didn't plan for a trilogy either. Kung Fu Panda one and two are very good. Uh, three is okay. It's not terrible. But it's like it's still not in the same ballpark as the other two
0: cars so, for me too
1: oh cars yeah take like cars so i i think you're you're right though is that they don't part of why these quote-unquote trilogies don't land is because they weren't meant to be <laughs> trilogies mm-hmm. i think that's why lord of the rings does. i know you're not uh you haven't watched all of them i'm the biggest fan of that necessarily but that, that that trilogy is well regarded because it was set up initially from the jump to be a trilogy, they literally filmed all of them at the same time. It's based off a book that has all these stories done. That's why it works. um So yeah, it's
0: there are ways. That- uh, even going into gaming, when it comes to like the Assassin's Creed series, right? The biggest, best arc within the Assassin's Creed franchise, undoubtedly is the Xco Trilogy, and that's because they wrote his story, like his entire arc, within two. Brotherhood and revelations from him being young to him getting a little bit older to him coming to the end of his life, and then after that, when they try to stretch uh, just the Assassin's Creed story out more, they just didn't know where to go. Granted, I understand what a gaming franchise, you have the ability to go to other characters and build them up, but I, I don't, I don't think the same attention to details of the creation of these characters was given in regards to exio it felt like they perfectly crafted all three of his games and Mm -hmm. for that one i can't i can't say for sure if they planned out all three of those games ahead of time but it felt like those three games had a cohesive story that was planned out for that character specifically right Um,
1: and it it may it may have been i i don't i think odds are because they came up pretty in pretty rapid succession odds is what's what's that That's ubisoft right ubisoft yeah odds are ubisoft in the world of gaming you've more or less, when you find a bankable franchise, you want to kind of milk it. So they may have mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, we want to do this. as many as we possibly can," and they may have deliberately hired writers that could do that. I know, for example, with uh, with the Uncharted series, Amy Henning, the person who was on for the board for the first three, you know, she had a story in mind and she brought it to life. and they And they still carried out the story up to up to episode four or the fourth game, and all four games actually were regarded. They all have very interesting stories. However, even with that, the first game that Henny and her team worked on, it was just the first game. There was no... Uh, it was never meant to be a trilogy or more than one game. So that's a... The, what you're saying, your your hypothesis is again, proving true. Proving proving right. Um, so it's... I, I, I think the... It's almost like you don't know how the, part of what happens with stories is you want to find a way to top yourself or to kind of outdo what you did before. You feel like you have to go bigger and better each time. And after Mm -hmm. a while, you don't know how to get bigger and better. In the Spider-Man, the the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, they had... uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the first film, but it did really well. Mm -hmm. I do love the second film. And they had an amazing villain in Doc Ock. So what what they do in the third time around... They put what, three villains in the in the same movie had mm-hmm. uh, a lot more spectacle with Sandman. And they brought Venom in there, even though Remy didn't like them. And they also had Harry doing with his stuff. It's like, it's, it's too much stuff. You're trying to go bigger and better and you're kind of losing the the, the main point of what people wanted to see. So.
0: so a question I would have for you. Obviously, you are a writer who is somewhat accomplished and has written multiple stories now. Um, this is more so getting into what a lot of these people go through. A lot of the writers go through within these projects. How difficult would you think it would be to write an entire story um, almost akin to Akira, uh, Akira Toriyama where you write a story for a character and you end his arc like you have a definite ending in your mind of where he ends and then you're forced to can not only continue that person's story but to write X amount of sequels to that person's story going forward. How difficult do you think that would be in your opinion to do so?
1: Uh, to quote Stephen King. When a reporter asked him if writing was hard, uh, it's not hard. It's really fucking hard. The <laughs> to because basically, what you are trying to do is you are you are you are saying, this, imagine it from this perspective: if you put all your energy and effort into a singular goal, like you actually know this is the actual destination you have, like you you know that you need just as much gas to get your car over this hill you have just enough food to, 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 for you guys to survive for this weekend right. you have uh you have all these things planned out specifically just just to, so just just to do this one mission and then someone's like cool uh but we need we need you to go another another 10 miles and we need you to stay there for the week it's like I didn't plan for that I don't know how to do that that's I you're breaking my brain how am I gonna do this you're breaking my brain mm-hmm. uh it can be done sure but it's very very difficult. And I think that's a You bring up a good point by saying that. Like, how is it to if you have a definitive end in your mind as a creator, writer, director, whatever it is. And then they're like, well, now we need you to do a lot more. It's like, I don't have more. I'm done. Mm-hmm. My story is over.
0: And that's uh, something with, I have an issue with. I've had a conversation with my gym buddy, my, my gym buddy recently. He obviously isn't the biggest fan of Dragon Ball or the Dragon Ball series and doesn't really like it too much. Um, he obviously believes it falls off at the bootsocket, which a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, um, say he
1: obviously doesn't like Dragon Ball, it's like, we don't why like Dragon Ball, but yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't, a lot of think, Well, this is a side tangent, I think a lot of people are at a point now where we have so many well done anime, like a JJK, like a My Hero, that they look back on a lot of the earlier anime that helped pave the way and kind of look down on them because they're not at the same quality of writing that these current anime are. Oh, Granted sure, yeah, that I mean, those original play anime kind of had to pave the way and give show what not to do for these other Mm anime to do those things in the scene but that's a whole conversation for another day we can use that for a different topic but uh, obviously he had a lot of issues with the blue saga and what I brought up in discussion point was Akira Toriyama did not even want to do that like the difficulty in like you said taking a definitive end in your mind and then extending that forward into a whole new arc now and we already know how much he packs into an arc it's you want me to replicate what I've done in the past with the story of a character that I already had done and wanted to leave it there and it's one thing to say that because he had to re-bring he had to bring the story of Dragon Ball back to life and I'm guessing in his mind alright Gohan's a new main character I can just write from Gohan that's at least easier because I have some, he has some more growing to do as he's a kid but him, to the, the, the studio, they're going to be like, no, everybody loves Goku. We got to bring Goku back and continue to make him the main character, main protagonist. Now we have to bring Goku back to life and do this story arc with him where I've developed him. And like the development I have planned for this character is completely done and finished. And I had him die. And that was the definite resolution. But now I have to pull some more development out of my ass. Like what else can I bring up with him to develop? and i mm-hmm. think that's where you see a lot of plot holes when it not even plot holes but there's a lot of holes in the character of goku where he seems like he's been the same character since the cell saga in a sense he's gotten more power-ups and found different villains that have pushed him past his physical limits but as a character it doesn't feel like he's developed anymore like he has the same desires, the same motivations the same modus operandi that pushed him throughout the entire series up until that point -hmm. He's got a literally like a new coat of paint being the different color hair he gets from the Super Saiyan transformations. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. A new coat of paint, a new Mm. coat of a hair dye. But Mm -hmm. the, so there's a couple of things that are interesting there, what you said. The first thing is, I'll just, I guess, the last point. First, Goku was never meant to really grow. He's a flat arc character. I think we talked about this before on the show. He Mm -hmm. literally doesn't change from the start of Dragon Ball. He always, he pretty much has the same personality. The people around him change. And grow because of him, because of his because of his enthusiasm and things of that nature. Goku gets stronger, yes, but his personality doesn't change. Which essentially, he doesn't have an arc. He's not trying to. His goal is never to grow as a, as far as getting smarter or or wiser or understanding how, how to do with his family better or be a better father. None of that stuff happens. Vegeta is the character that has an arc. He has. He actually has a couple of arcs, um, and he actually does change by the end of Dragon Ball Z, uh, essentially. And you, if you watch it, if you actually do watch the show, you see Vegeta go from being a straight up villain to being someone who's willing to give his life multiple times, multiple ways to save his family and to save the world. Uh, but Goku, that's pretty much the same thing. The other thing is that I know that Akira Toriyama obviously <laughs> wanted out of Dragon Ball a while back and they kind of wanted him to keep going back and doing more and doing more. And the whole idea with Gohan was because uh, I think the original idea was Cell. The Cell Saga was meant to be kind of the end of the story in a sense, and that was meant to be the goodbye for 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 Go uh, for Goku. And then Gohan was only meant to be a temporary leader. And as Akira Toriyama was writing the story with Gohan, he's like, "This guy, Gohan, doesn't have the heart to be what Goku was because he's not Goku. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a different kind of character." So Toriyama realizes himself while he was writing, he's like, "I can't." I can't make Gohan work. I just can't do it. I have to have someone, and pretty much I have to bring Goku back in order for the story to keep going. And the whole idea was, like you said, he didn't necessarily plan to have any more sagas. It was, the Boo saga wasn't supposed to actually happen, really. So it, the yeah, if you if you plan for a dismount as a writer, creator, director, what have you, and you are forced to extend it, that's a good reason as to why things will fall apart. That's a good reason mm-hmm. as to why a, a trilogy is oftentimes going to fumble. Now, let me ask you this question, Dev, as we are approaching the release very, very soon, I think it's tomorrow, the release of uh, God of War Ragnarok, mm-hmm. the video game. That's a game. I think it's supposed to be the second installment in this particular saga. Mm-hmm. With Kratos as a father and, and having a son, you know, I just said the same thing twice, but the, I believe this game might be the end of that saga or the two-parter. I don't I don't know definitively, but how Possibly. do you think how do you think it'll play out having this as the dismount of that of that saga?
0: So this is very interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. It was something I was gonna say for the actual drag uh I said Dragon Ball, so on that. Uh for the actual God Award discussions we were gonna have around the game. I'm I'm very interested to see what happens I'm not sure mm-hmm. Obviously um, the first Kratos doesn't really He gets some form of, he, I think he's kind of like Goku in a sense Granted I'd, I'd argue with the discussion you had on Goku That I guess I argue he develops and grows In some aspects But that's a conversation for another day But I think Kratos is actually what you more so uh would call kind of a flat character in the like the first bunch of games at least, at least prior to the ps4 games where he kind of just seems like the same person um as he's just rage revenge monster he's just finding ways to come back and fight through it and that was very much so uh changed within the ps4 uh not remake but the sequel in which he's going along this journey of uh, coming to uh, to peace of his past actions and becoming a better father And that was an amazing arc to follow because it's something completely different from that character. And knowing his past history, we saw just how difficult that journey of development was with that character, even more so with the development of his young son, along with that, discovering Mm -hmm. who they were. Mm -hmm. Going forward, I don't even know because at this point, it feels like a lot of the issues Kratos and Atreus had with each other as far as Kratos being honest with him, as far as Atreus kind of growing up and becoming... More of uh not a man yet, obviously, but more of just a, a, a established person that's too aware of who they are and what they are and where they come from. Um, it seemed like everything had been resolved by the end of that first game. Like releasing uh Freya, I think it was his mother's name. Yeah, releasing Freya's ashes. Uh on no, Freya, of, Freya wasn't Freya's the uh the mom. Okay the so mom for yeah, the other yeah the uh, mom, I'm tripping. Baldur, yeah. I can't remember what did they did they ever say what uh I don't think was, they say
1: uh, atreus' mom's name i don't think so
0: i'll look it up later and probably put it in a video and, and edits but when they released her her ashes at the top of the mountain that felt really finite uh like a finale to me it felt like it was the ending of that whole arc so once they revealed the ragnarok thing obviously ragnarok being the apocalypse being I mean, the end of everything i'm finding difficulty trying to guess what that arc would be i can make speculations as far as maybe atreus goes to another big development of now he knows who he is now he's having difficulty maybe learning his place or understanding where he fits in the world now that he knows what he is possibly and maybe kratos trying to help him understand what it is to be a god now that he knows he is one mm-hmm. but even then that seems it is it's it's doable and i feel like it will work but it seems so flimsy in comparison to the solid uh, development we got in the last game that just seemed so relatable. Right. The God journey to me just won't feel as strong because it's not as relatable. Obviously, with us being mortal people, and then two, we feel like we're just, it's like dealing with rich people problems. Like we can empathize with their struggle, but we won't really ever sympathize with it because we don't have that struggle.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a fair point. It's uh basically it's starting from square square one again mm-hmm. as far as we have to give you'd have to give the characters just as compelling if not more a more compelling arc uh, throughout the game because they They did have a very even though if you think about the plot of that last God of War game it's simple it's just them getting uh, Kratos' wife and Trace's mother's ashes from mm-hmm. point A to point B everything and then something happens on that road trip but that's all it is and the mother deliberately wanted them going on that road trip because she knew it would bring them together because she knew mm-hmm. that they were Kind of estranged in a way, so now that they are more a more cohesive unit, I guess the next thing will be to see what adventure they go on to as father and son together, as opposed to a journey bringing them together. And right. I don't know what it would be like. You said it probably be something involving gods or whatnot, or them being gods, what have you. But uh, but I'm 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 hopeful. I mean, I saw the games getting the reviews and stuff, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows how it plays out. Another game. Uh, I know we're running long here but I'll keep it real short another game that I feel kind of fumbled that had a massive massive following for the first game was The Last of Us mm. and my own hold I on know, careful I, with
0: this one because I still haven't played the second one quite we yet
1: we won't get too far into the details but basically everything that worked about the first one as far as the whole the arc between the characters in a similar vein to Atreus and Kratos with the you know a paternal figure and a child coming together that's Mm -hmm. in the last of us is in a lot of ways dissipated in this sequel and it's almost when you backtrack or reverse all that progress it's obviously gonna upset fans upset people like you don't want to undo what you've done in a sense it it uh and I'm trying to, trying to be vague here with, with the details, but mm-hmm. I think if sequ- when sequels do that, it can upset people. Think about it. Just talking about, we're talking about arcs. If you have a character go on a massive journey and learn all kinds of things and get to a new place in their life. And then you start the second film or second game or second story off with them being right back where they were at the very beginning of the last mm-hmm. of the last movie or last game or have you like, what's the point of this? What are we doing, guys? So
0: I get that. Um, I was going to get on that part that point specifically as far as uh like you said in the second installment or just a sequel installment if you make the character just kind of like you said start over from the beginning it makes everything prior to that seem for naught.
1: Mm-hmm. where
0: what was the point of going through all that struggle and strife when we're just going to be right back at the start yeah and i think that's where something like the the dark knight does well where through Batman Begins, you go through a lot of the difficulties that Bruce Wayne had of becoming the Batman and learning how to be that person. And then we—he's acquired all those skills. Now the new issue is he's the Batman and he has all this strength. But now he's dealing with his relationship with the city he's protecting now. Mm-hmm. So you're adding in a new dynamic where it's not mm-hmm. just the Batman. The Batman's established. The Batman's strength and skills are unmatched, and that's that's never going anywhere. Right. But the difficulty lies in the relationship with the people and the city that he's meant to protect, and how they view him and how they view themselves. Um, yes. And then you add in the Joker there to point, like to put a mirror to Batman to show him—not even a mirror, just kind of sh- just demonstrating the batman and kind of pointing him in the direction of like, hey, the city isn't what you think it is. The city is chaotic in nature. Like human beings, given the opportunity, will do horrible things to each other if, yeah. if forced to do so. And he just served as, I guess, like not 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 like Jane Jane uh John Doe in in Seven as far as we talked about him being the embodiment of the city. This more so felt like a chaotic um a, a, law,
1: a yeah, like lawful chaotic, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Where he's just there to point out the the hypocrisy in certain things, or I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry. sorry that. Exactly. That's what he felt like in that movie. Um, and I, I think with a lot of other sequels or trilogies, that's where that's where like again, this is a really long-winded and 30-minute. Uh, yeah, we've gone the
1: everywhere. We've the gone issue,
0: everywhere. but I think to kind of have some to wrap it up and have a finality to it i think the issue is these movies do not try to innovate and add in a new struggle that's unique to that film it's always in relation to a previous film it's always starting over from scratch and having to work your way up to a new power boost or a new skill set or a new weapon or something of some nature uh or just a new villain who may possibly be a carbon copy of the previous villain mm-hmm. i think in order to do a sequel right in any fashion rather be second third fourth fifth sixth seventh you have to add in a new uh difficulty or a new problem that isn't just a copy of the past one right. um, and sometimes for two movies you can have it to where that problem spans two movies i'm i'm perfectly fine with that um something like the harry potter movies and how they broke that up into part one and part two I'm fine with that because at least that struggle is a continuation and it's a different part of the struggle it doesn't just feel like the same thing in mm-hmm. the past struggle but that that's my that's at least my personal um, solution for sequels and landing that trilogy having a new problem that is unique to that film and ending it and navigating it through a a special way and having a sense of finality to it do not leave those trilogies open to a sequel for me personally. If you if you want to do a reboot later on, I'm not against that. Of uh, trying to reboot a, something for a future generation, but if you're a writer or you're a director of your own creation of your own story, you have to have some sense of finality to it and make it feel like I was on this journey with this character or these people or whatever else.
1: Right. I that yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I'll, I'll go the other direction as far as if you if possible, try to have a plan in place for the story um mm-hmm. the matrix trilogy the original is four the films now but originally the matrix trilogy it was never meant to be a trilogy you can tell that too but mm-hmm. they did plan on doing the two uh follow-up films uh, more or less they had some kind of a plan for that it's not executed well but i get what they're going for It's the idea of one long journey for neo essentially and from him to go to, from point a to point b by the end of the trilogy in a sense for him, for him to find out what his purpose is, and the, what they've said is that the whole idea that is, is, first films about birth, second films about life, and the third films about death in some capacity. Uh, so if you actually can find a theme and have it carry over for all three of your films or your whole story, kudos to you. If you can't and you want to actually like you like you said, Dev, actually have it where in each film the character has to have a new and equally compelling journey that they must go on, that works too. But don't try to rehash the same idea in a, in a different way because odds are you'll, you know, you'll, fight, you'll fail.
0: All right. And yeah, man, that was a great discussion. Um, I have fun with these. Again, I'm loving these types of videos and recording these. So if you guys are enjoying these, let us know and give us potential topics you want to hear about and want us to discuss going forward in the future. Uh, yeah, that's,
1: yeah, definitely. Chime in about curious. what you want us to talk yeah. about. Because yeah. we
0: can have our own personal bias topics we want to talk about all day. 100%. but um. It'd be really fun to hear from the audience what they what they would want to hear from and hear yeah. about. And your uh, feet, what,
1: what do you, what's your take on things? Do you, what do you think about sequels? Do you think we're completely off base? Do you like the sequels that we don't? Do you, like, do you dislike the sequels that we do like? Let us know.
0: Yeah. But again, this has been Charlie and Ethan of the Then and Out podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate your support. We hope for your continued support and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.